My name is Ali. I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor. I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Not Overthinking. This is, we're staying somewhat consistent. I got an, I actually got an email the other day. Oh, yeah. um, it was like, well, I, think, I think it was one of these like cold emails. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can find it. This is actually the second episode we're recording in about four days. Oh, so okay. I no, I, well. thought, I, I, I thought this was going to be a, a snarky email. Oh, really? But it's like a, it's like a marketing-y type email, I think. Hi, Ali. Have you ever worked or would you, would you want to work with someone whose work outperforms yours? If you search for the word podcast consistency, your podcast on your website appears at number three. My article for Rumble Studio is currently at number one, and I'd like to work with your team. Um, yeah, it's like a content. Oh, okay. But I, 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 like, <laughs> it, I, I saw it rock up on the Apple Watch, and I was like, yeah. "Wait, is he being is making a snarky comment yeah. about podcast consistency?" <laughs> yeah. it turns out he's not. <laughs> he's just doing an article about like how consistent you should be with your podcast. Mate, cold emails are getting good these days. I got a cold email yesterday, as there was the day before for a causal cold email, and the subject line was "Great job with the comparison columns in your tables," and it basically. In this cult email, this guy's providing like some very, a very sort of specific niche bit of product feedback. Where I saw that and I was like, it's sick, yeah. I think the comparison columns in the tables are really good. I'm glad like someone's finally recognized this. And yeah. then it turned out to be a cold email, but like clearly this guy had got into the product, like looked for some really specific feature that he could comment on. And like I opened the email, shared it with the team as an example of like, hey, this is, this is like a really good cold email. Like I opened this as soon as I saw the notification because I mm. thought it was like a real email. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It's getting wild out there. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've been finding the frequency of cold emails is increasing, mm. but, you know, it's it's still obvious when someone is doing a copy-paste job. Yeah. And it's like, they're really trying hard not to, mm. but it's just it's just kind of obvious. And you can just tell when it's a human writing the email versus someone yeah. who's been told. Uh, the, 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 there was a period of like a few weeks where, um, do you follow uh, Charlie Marie on Twitter? She's like the ConvertKit designer or something. No, I she, she, she tweeted about this as well. It's like, Every every day I'd get like three emails with with a bit of a neg, <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah. being like, "Hey Ali, um, I'm not sure if you realise, but the the website the, the the top three articles on your website are consistently failing to rank for high high value SEO terms." But that's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, I've created a free gift for you, and all you have to do is reply to this email, and I'll send you the free gift. What do you say? And I was like. Yeah. Someone is clearly doing a course. Yeah. <laughs> it is like a cohort-based course on how to be a, how to be a marketer yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And they'll just like send send all these people emails. Yeah, it's all about being provocative. Yeah, cold emails are getting good. Yeah, um, yeah I think I think we, we're going to get a good thing going on the pod. Yeah, two, two episodes in four days being recorded. I think the one we recorded a few days ago will probably go out this Friday or something. Yes, right? that's right. And then this one will go out next week. Um, but yeah, how has your last two days been? Last two days have been good. I um, action points from last time. My action action points were to uh, do half an hour of work after dinner, and what was the other one? Something about waking up. Uh, it was you were going to be at the house by half seven. After out of the house by half seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they're doing pretty well. Like, I mean, today we're doing this pod now, and it's like eight o'clock, eight something. So obviously, I'm not out of the house, but I think that's fine. Um, yesterday I had a breakfast at 8.30. Yeah, basically yesterday I had a breakfast at 8.30. On Monday I was out of the... When did, when did we record the episode? Was it Sunday? Mm. It was Sunday. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Who knows? Who knows, mate? Yeah, it was Sunday. Anyway, so the following day I was out of the house at 7.30. 7.30 I went to the gym. 
And yesterday I had a breakfast, so I didn't, well, maybe could have gone to the gym, but I didn't go to the gym. But I was out of the house around eight, and then today we're doing the pod. So that's going okay. And then the working in the evening thing, I didn't do it on Monday, admittedly, but I did do it yesterday. I actually did a bunch of work yesterday evening. Um, and it was really good. It was just, it's probably probably the most productive, like, 45 to 60 minutes of the day. Mm. Just, like, bashing through small tasks and tying up loose ends. It was brilliant. Nice. Fantastic. How does how does the wife feel about this? Yeah, she was all right with it yesterday. Yeah, I think she also had a bit. She was doing some internet sleuthing in bed nice. on her laptop uh, <laughs> about how some of the drugs that Sam Bagwood-Fried has been taking... Uh, they're actually meant for like Parkinson's disease or something and um, digging into some of the like side effects about how they increase risk taking and gambling and this kind of stuff. All that fun stuff. So uh, yeah, she's on that mm. on that hype right yeah. now. I, I, I like this idea of half an hour of tying up loose ends before bed. Yeah. Because I feel like I often have random ass admin tasks that just pile up. Yeah. And I never, ha I never make time in my day to do the random ass <coughs> admin tasks because yeah. it always feels to me like, oh, I can't bother to deal with this right now. Yeah. And often that random ask admin task will involve like sending someone a calendar invite for like uh for like a lunch or dinner or something I'm supposed to be having and and really? then yeah don't you just do that once as soon as the plan is made mm. isn't that the time to do it I do most of the time mm. but if it's like an email thread and it's like uh, I've, yeah, I I yeah, kind of yeah. have it I've seen it in the inbox and I kind of yeah. know it's a thing but I just yeah, don't want to yeah, open yeah. it because yeah, once yeah. I open the email I feel I'll have to respond to it yeah. then and all this kind of stuff yeah mm. I actually have a blog post about this from 2016 or 17 oh, yeah or 18. It's called High Leverage Housekeeping. Do you remember this one? Oh, yes. I remember. High Leverage Housekeeping. Do you remember the, the thesis? The thesis was that it's worth spending some amount of time each week doing what you call high leverage housekeeping, yeah. where you go through your calendar, tidy up loose ends and stuff, because it just makes your life, it's actually surprisingly high leverage and makes your life way better or something. Yeah, I think there was, a, there was another core insight in the article. Let me just bring it up. <laughs> bring up a blog post from 2016. Was it 2016? You were doing blogs that long ago? No, I think I started blogging 20... in 2016. I think it might have been 2018. Wow, when I search high leverage housekeeping, the first two results are from aliabdal.com, <laughs> where you've literally... <laughs> high leverage housekeeping, aliabdal.com, high leverage housekeeping, how to unclutter your space. Oh, cute. <laughs> and then the third result is my blog. <laughs> what the hell is this, bro? I don't know, man. Like SEO or something. To be fair, in the article you do say that oh my brother team like told me about this thing all right so i'm gonna go straight i'm gonna go to the oc all right oh okay oh this is interesting yeah okay i have i have some thoughts on this from the seven habits of highly effective people uh, <laughs> yeah so i think the first you know is as i say in here the first order effects of high leverage housekeeping are really obvious uh you like do the housekeeping your workspaces digital and physical are tidy and it lets you work more efficiently like the next time when you need to do the work so like in notion if you like you know categorizing a bunch of random stuff that was just lying around or like archiving all those emails that had piled up and were stopping you from being able to see the important ones or like you know reorganizing your figma workspace or whatever um so the first order effects are pretty obvious that kind of reduces friction um physical and cognitive cognitive friction is a big one cognitive friction that's nice another, i love it what a that's word. Another, that's another one of mine. Cognitive friction. Yeah. Take that. Um, Something that Huberman says is limbic friction. Limbic you know, friction? Yeah. Mm. Like emotional friction. And then the second order effects of high leverage housekeeping. It's a bit like, 
It's a bit like, you know, when you're driving a car, you're, you're like driving a car at night or something. The, um, the driving of the car keeps, it keeps sort of a small part of you, your brain occupied and it keeps your hands occupied and stuff. Um, and it kind of frees the rest of your mind to just think about random things. Um, and high leverage housekeeping is similar where, you know, you're just kind of like tidying up all these little work related things and it kind of frees up your mind to think more high high level about these work related things and like spark off ideas and things like that um you know similar to how you get your best ideas in the shower or like when you're just out on a walk or whatever um so yeah i think what i think that that was one of one of the insights of like hey if you are doing these menial menial tasks that are related to your work then you will have some good interesting ideas and thoughts related to your work um yeah, so that was when did this? From tw it's actually from twenty nineteen, to be fair. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Nice. That's solid. Yeah. So you do your high leverage housekeeping in the evenings. Um, I did it once. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Since twenty nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the thing I want to talk about today, I want to talk about. I want to talk about psyops and idioms. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. Psyops and idioms. That's, that's a good the title. That's, that's the title. title. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. Go for it. <laughs> I think one of the core psyops du jour of the day. What? A, what is a psyop? It's a psychological operation. We've talked about psyops, man. We have. Most listeners have not listened to every every single episode. A psyop. I feel like it's a fairly like most people I know wouldn't know what a psyop is. <laughs> so. <laughs> A psyop is basically when you are trying to be tricked psychologically by the power, but when the powers that be mm. are trying to trick you psychologically into doing something that is not in your interests. Okay. And you don't notice it because it's a psyop. <laughs> because so it's like. Consumerism is a psyop. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's consumerism. Broad. I think. Yeah, sure. Like, consumerism is a psyop. You know, could, could be a psyop. I think psyop is something a bit a bit less you know consumerism is this like broad like general thing that's just thing. like been increasing right you know it's similar but cyber is something a bit more constrained and a bit more direct and overtly opping you okay such so, as like the is, is is this from like the 50s or something when the cia would do do stuff in the cold war yeah 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 that's where it originates so on the wikipedia page psychological operations in brackets psyop <laughs> are operations to convey selected information and indicators to audiences to influence their emotions motives and objective reasoning and ultimately the behavior of governments organizations groups and individuals okay fine psychological operations of the so and, and this is sort of like deliberate things that the powers that be are trying to do yeah 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 so it originates in the kind of like military where like the military you know if you want to get some people to do what you want you know it's kind of like inception and whatever um instead of like forcing them to do what you want you like trick them into plant an idea and then play yeah 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 and then they think it's their idea that they did the thing yeah um okay i'm just to give you some examples i've just searched psyop on twitter and I'll just read out some of the top examples just so you have a sense of like, okay, the, the top one that's come up, this from two days ago, the dad bod trend is a joint beta male plus feminist psyop to destroy Ooh. the world. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Do you want to talk about that one? <laughs> no, I'm not that interested in that one. But like, it kind of gives you a sense of like, this person is basically saying this whole like, you know, dad bod thing is sort of manu manufactured by 
people who presumably this person thinks you don't want to be like beta males and feminists to like get you to do this thing which is actually not good for you and not good for the world mm. so that's that's so um autism capital related to i mean about ftx and sam bank says at this point saying all this is an illuminati deep state cia ccp Mossad fed honeypot psyop is actually a legitimate possibility so that this whole like sam bankman fried is like uh yeah puppet of the cia or the ccp or yeah Mossad. just like on that on that note i was i was reading on i i didn't spend a lot of time on twitter yesterday but it seemed like there was all sorts of stuff that was surfacing about like sam's parents and his aunts and how they're connected to like the uh yeah. intelligentsia at like mit and stanford yeah, yeah, yeah. and like the world bank and the sec and all of this may like yeah the the network effect yeah 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 yeah, yeah. let me okay let, let me read one more side tweet and then i'll yeah. read you a tweet related to that okay perfect okay so <laughs> someone <laughs> someone tweeted okay so it looks like this 20 year old woman tweeted this she and it's a picture of her at um the cop 27 un climate change conference or something okay oh yeah i've been seeing that i was like what the hell she, is cop 27 <laughs> yeah so she said i'm 20 years old and i'm the youngest person to ever be an official united nations advisor gen z is finally at the decision making table flex emoji all right so she tweeted that um <laughs> that got twenty thousand likes someone quote tweeted that saying latest psyop just dropped <laughs> i think i think they're basically implying that this is a psyop by the powers that be to make gen z think that they are at the decision making table <laughs> so uh yeah there's there's some examples of psyops um okay now before we carry on with the psyops and the specific psyop i want to talk about today mm. let me sh let me share a tweet related to what you just said certainly if you thought the ftx saga was bad the new york times puff piece okay basically the new york times did this like ridiculous puff piece two yeah. days ago or yesterday what was going on i haven't, I haven't read the piece so but weird, people have been man. talking about it it basically said absolutely nothing it was weirdly focused on like there's some quote from sbf about like how yeah you'd think i'm not getting any sleep but i'm actually getting some sleep um <laughs> you know something like yeah. this and like basically it, it, it had it was like zero journalism it was just like a, a few like i don't know trivial quotes from sbf and a bunch of fluff that was kind of trying to water down the whole situation yeah like not once did it address that any allegations of fraud or stealing people's money it just didn't touch on any of these things and so because i mean the new york times is the you know one of the core um sort of instigators of psyops where like if someone if one of the higher powers wants to do a psyop yeah the new york times is is like how they can is partly how how they can influence you know the the masses hmm. and so here's a tweet from a chap called stevie graham who's a pretty pretty good and interesting follower i'll read you another tweet of his in a hmm. sec um he said if you thought the ftx saga was bad the new york times puff piece should tell you it's worse than you can possibly imagine the deep state mouthpiece i.e the new york times the deep state mouthpiece is only that positive when co when covering up something incredibly bad e.g ray epps jeffrey epstein the most insane conspiracy theories are probably true uh, and it's so true because like um the the new york times hates the tech industry like the new york times loves to dunk on the tech industry if if anyone in tech who's vaguely notable does anything <laughs> remotely you know whatever the new york times loves writing hit pieces on tech founders okay and this guy who is like 
as tech crypto bro as you can get you know they're writing this positive you know kind of low-key positive piece while all this shit is going down it's just insane so mm. clearly someone someone has an agenda strings are trying to be pulled somewhere mm. to distract to cover up you know whatever it might be like it is this is extremely weird man the government yeah the deep state mouthpiece <laughs> <laughs> deep state like I've, I've i've not heard that phrase before what is what, what is that i don't like, know i think it's like just getting us like like the, the influence of the state yeah just just like the, the the slimy tentacles of the what governments you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh we, we're going to release our interview with a, a chap called uh, Iman Gadzi on the Deep Dive podcast at yeah. some point. Is he deep state <laughs> operative? <laughs> uh, he's very anti-deep deep state operative. Nice, nice. <laughs> he likes to expose the fact that deep state exists. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was one Stevie Graham tweet. I'll, I'll just read you another Stevie Graham tweet. Please. This is just for reasons. Yeah, this could well, th th This podcast could just be like you <laughs> cluing me in on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, this, the second, this next Stevie Graham tweet I'm going to read you it backs up a point i made on the podcast probably like a year ago which you disagreed with me on but i think you'll probably agree now all right he goes stevie tweets for context stevie is founder of some tech startup he tweets a founder ceo friend of mine stopped going to the gym because he couldn't justify the two hours out of his day the reality is everyone treats you differently when you're a tank you're going to get way more roi out of the rest of your day if you're a unit two hours is a bargain this is exactly what I was telling you about a year ago. I was saying like, look, man, society treats you differently as a dude if you're a little bit ripped or a little bit hench. And this, this is the point he's making. I, I don't think I was disagreeing with that. You were, man. Uh, I was, you I was were like, like, oh, who's going to treat you? I was questioning... people are going to treat you differently? Like, I think you passed the threshold, man, or something like this. Okay, fine. Yeah, I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, but now Graham Stefan agrees with you. <laughs> Stevie Graham. Stevie Graham, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it got like 2000 likes i loved it i loved it i sent, yeah. it, I sent it around to so you're gonna become a unit yeah I mean, spe 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 speaking of being a unit i had my first personal trainer session um on la last friday so like yeah. two days before we recorded the last episode yeah and i'm still wrecked from it mate nice. and like my hip flexors are completely wrecked when was the last time like, you went to the gym before that though? oh like ages ago mm -hmm. it's like this is the first time i've done deadlifts in about a year really so oh. i've got i've got i've got another session with a pt today i'm gonna be like rohan mate like <laughs> <laughs> you've destroyed me is he a unit he's a unit yeah yeah, yeah i want to be i want to be a unit like him anyway anyway so i'll just read you a couple of replies yeah, straight before we get back onto science and yeah. the specifics <laughs> yeah so he's basically saying like the ceo of a friend of mine is an idiot for stopping gym for two hours a day because actually it's very high roi because everyone treats you better when you're a unit um someone replies why does he need two hours though is that factory travel or something and stevie goes including journey some cardio warm-up weight session sauna and getting ready afterwards yeah, yeah that's reasonable here <laughs> and then <laughs> wait <laughs> and then someone replies i don't go to the it has someone replies in quotation marks <laughs> i don't go to the gym because i don't have enough time to sauna after <laughs> And then writes cope. <laughs> cope is like a really funny <laughs> term. It's basically like when you think someone's deceiving, deceiving themselves to try and like it's a cope, oh, right? It's like saying like, oh, I don't have time to it's go like to the gym because like, like yeah, yeah, like it's it's a cope. <laughs> I don't have time to go to this one afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Anyway, All right. So we've established what a psyop is. We've read out some examples. The specific psyop that's on my mind is the the psyop of sleep i feel like there's a lot of narratives 
A lot of people trying to get me to sleep more. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> deep state tentacles. <laughs> They're just no, when no, you no. switched off for eight hours of the day, <laughs> so you can't like rise up and rebel against them. <laughs> yeah exactly that's why matthew walker wrote why we sleep <laughs> uh okay no but look the sleep thing it's way i think we've gone too far man i think we've gone too far i think it's become a mind virus for lots of people where they're obsessed with this eight hours of sleep thing mm. and if they wake up and they only got seven and a half hours the the mind you know the mind the virus in the mind is gonna like speaking make, of anyone you know not specifically mm. I back, I'm not talking about Lucy. I okay. I'm actually, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's the only other person that you have like <laughs> access to the sleeping habits of. <laughs> it's like, oh man, sleep is such a psyop. <laughs> it's a mind virus. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, I think it's been taken too far. I think people are, people are getting sort of too too caught up in it. And I'm starting to see some things about the dangers of sleeping too much. And... A lot of the stuff in Why We Sleep was allegedly debunked. Obviously, I haven't read the debunking articles, <laughs> oh, but I read yeah. the headline. <laughs> and so now I don't believe any of it. <laughs> yeah, we need to get Alex Guzzi on the pod. <laughs> Alexi Guzzi. Yeah, he's the guy. Oh, the... yeah, dude, he's sick. Yeah, apparently yeah, he's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah all, I've read his blog a bunch of times. Yeah, all the stuff he's... But you haven't read his debunking of Why We Sleep? No. <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah, I need, to, I need to get him on the pod. So you have no, you have no insider knowledge about... Like the psyop of sleep. The psyop of sleep. Um, despite having been a junior doctor in the National Health Service, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have. <laughs> I I don't think there's like a deep state conspiracy going on here. Um, I do kind of agree, and I've 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 long been saying this to my to my mates at uni, because sometimes people would ask me, be like, oh, you know, what time did you get to sleep? And I'm like, I, occasionally I'd say, I don't know, I didn't look at the time because I know that if I looked at the time, I would be able to convince myself that I didn't sleep enough. And then I would yeah. naturally have a worse day the following day. Right. Um, I think at some point I said, oh, you know, sleep is sleep, sleep's mostly psychological anyway. And people yeah. were just like, come on. We're good then. <laughs> yeah. We're good the signs. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's there's definitely something there. I, 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 th I think the obsession with the whole like, oh, I need to get my eight hours, otherwise I, I suffer. It's probably not true for most people and a lot of it is psychological. But just because it's psychological doesn't mean it's not true. And I remember we when uh, with a with a friend of ours who shall remain unnamed um, at university, she would often say, "Oh, you know, I really need like nine, ten hours, otherwise I can't I can't function." And all the rest of us bros would be like, "Dude, come on! Like, hmm. this is a mind virus, you know, yeah, or, or yeah. equivalent." This is a psyop, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then she actually did a, a kind of a, a sleep study at the hospital where they attach electrodes to you and they observe your sleeping patterns and stuff mm. and they were like yeah you're one of the few people that needs like 10 hours a night oh damn and so then she felt very vindicated and the rest of us felt yeah like, the, deep, oh, the deep state told her she needs to be sleeping more yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course they bloody did yeah she's mate. quite like rebellious as well so like, <laughs> they wanted to keep her keep her down um i kind of had that this morning like i woke up I, I i slept at like midnight which is unusual i had to had to drop someone home um slept at midnight and I was like, we've got this podcast at eight. Anyway, so I, I, w I woke up. Weirdly, I've been, I've been randomly waking up like seven hours into my sleep to need to do a wee, which is random. Really? Because like Dude. when you're under the age of 50, you're not supposed to wake up in the night to go to yeah. the toilet. And yet I woke up in the night to go to the toilet. So this is, A, this is a bit concerning. Um, but B, I got up at like 6.50. Mm. I was like, oh, I've only had seven hours of sleep or something. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to sleep some more. Yeah. And then I kind of realized, no, 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 I don't, I don't need to sleep more. Yeah. Um, 
I could just get up and have a shower and then I just feel feel yeah. way better. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of the whole like eight hours thing is like uh, sleeping four full sleep cycles is like way better than sleeping four and like a quarter sleep cycle mm. where you wake up feeling groggy and stuff, even yeah. though you might technically have like passed the eight hour threshold yeah, or the yeah. seven and a half hour threshold. So I think there's something, there's definitely something there. Yeah. Bit of a psyop. Yeah, I think it's a psyop because I think here's the thing, yeah. right? Here's the thing. They don't want you to wake up early. <laughs> I think it like for say for example like the last sort of week to 10 days I've been waking up between 6:30 and 7 regardless of what time I've been sleeping right hmm. and this is I mean even if if you want to get your sleep in order this is this is the best the, the best advice is yeah. like hey you just wake up at the same time do you bet you just wake up at the same time right yeah. none of this like oh no, but I slept late, whatever. Just so you take it for a few days <laughs> and start sleeping early, but you have to wake up at the same time. Yeah. And so I've been waking up between 6.30 and 7. I'd say like, I don't think there's been any nights in the last, since I've been doing this, that I've actually gotten a full eight hours sleep. Okay? Mm. Like it's probably like <clears throat> seven hours on average. Cool. And like, I'm someone who, you know, would otherwise you know have other have felt like you know I, I need like eight hours sleep like i like my sleep i feel very bad after if i don't get enough sleep you know i'm i'm someone like that and despite doing this like seven hours thing um it's just been fine i mean the only thing i've noticed i mean people think about the sleep thing in a very one-dimensional way of sleep being this non-negotiable for like well-being or something i mean and it, like to it, some extent it, it, it kind is. of is it's, yeah, yeah, yeah it's the single best yeah. high performance drug that we yeah, have yeah yeah so. yeah to some well um that's going to matthew walker who's been debunked uh, it's not it's also not according to it's not only according to matthew walker who else is it it's to? also according to the founders of eight sleep who I <laughs> <my> podcast, <laughs> which is why you should buy the two thousand dollar mattress which is actually quite good <laughs> that aside <laughs> dude <laughs> I heard it when I said it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, yeah. my, the point I'm making is, for, I think for me, and I think for a, a lot of people, I think there's a, there's a danger of treating things as non-negotiables when they are not, in fact, non-negotiables. Okay, right? Sure. And if you have a couple, if you have like two or three non-negotiables in your day, for example, a non-negotiable might be I have to be in the office at nine, right? And that might, well, that is likely a non-negotiable if if that's your job, you have to be in the office at nine, right? Or it might just be a non-negotiable in your head of like, oh, I, need to, I need to like start work at nine, like whatever, like you've just like made this rule and that's fine, like probably a good idea actually. Um, if you have a non-negotiable like that and you have a non-negotiable about eight hours sleep, you are potentially overvaluing that like 30 to 60 minutes of, of like, extra sleep you can get in the morning like i i could I, I could only speak for myself here but for me like i do i do quite like sleep but me getting seven hours waking up an hour earlier having time in the morning to do my freaking physio exercises and you know read some book and sit down with a coffee and you know just like get my mind together that one hour and getting seven hours sleep is far more valuable than me getting eight hours sleep and start, and I do have a somewhat non-negotiable, well, I mean, today I'm happy to negotiate on it, but like, I do like to be in the office at nine. Like it, 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 it is way better for me to do that and be and like get slightly less sleep, start, start the day like properly, 
get into the office like mindfully, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, sure. than it is for me to get an extra hour of sleep, be like, oh, oh no, I have to go into the office. I don't have time for like my whatever, and like you just gotta rush to the office, right? Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think like that extra hour in the morning, you can actually do some pretty good stuff. Mm. Sets you up for the day nicely. The only downside I've noticed is that I do reach this kind of exhaustion period around like six or seven p.m., which isn't crazy. Like it's the evening, bro. Um, and then, you know, I kind of have this feeling of exhaustion for like 30 to 60 minutes and then it's kind of just goes away. And then like, I'm, I, I, I get reasonably early nights, but whatever stuff comes up and then maybe I sleep, I get like seven hours, seven and a half hours. Anyway, my point is, yes, sleep is important, but doing something useful for 30, 60 minutes before you start your day is important and valuable as well. And why even be more valuable for you as an individual? than getting that extra 30 to 60 minutes of sleep because you're in the psyop. What do you reckon? Hmm. So, for example, okay, let me, I'll read you another tweet. I'll read you another tweet. <coughs> Exhibit B. <laughs> this is a tweet from Sydney Battle. She says, horrible news. Been starting my days with 20 to 30 minutes of light yoga. And unfortunately, it really makes a difference mentally and physically. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so she's basically saying that like you know you you kind of like it, it, there's a lot of stuff saying like oh you know you should like do this yoga thing exercise you know this is how you'd be happy and you know i think we like to we like to think that advice is fake because we don't want to do all that we don't want to do the work <laughs> but she's basically saying that like yeah sorry everyone <laughs> it is that is actually <laughs> that it works <laughs> that's how you do it <laughs> okay so on, the, on this on the sleep thing um a i think if you slept, if you actually got got eight hours of sleep a night, and also did your oh yeah, of, of course that would morning. be better. Of course that would be better. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess what you're saying is that you would rather wake up a bit earlier to, so as not not to have to rush in the morning, and so to as, so, so as to be able to do your nice little morning routine. Yeah. And for you, that like hour of morning routine is more important than the difference between seven hours and eight hours of sleep. Yeah. I think that's very reasonable. But I think like so having I I've interviewed a bunch of like sleep researchers and stuff on the other pod recently. Um. And I've, I've always asked, like, what's the deal with eight hours? I'm always like, like, eight hours is not a magic number. For most people, it's somewhere between, like, seven and nine. Like, we know that reliably, if you get, like, six, it's probably bad for you. Um, and there's very, very, very few people. Like, it's, like, 0.1% of the population that has the gene that means they only need, like, four. So that's probably not you. And, like, seven to nine, broadly reasonable. Go with what you feel. In your case, you're like, you know what? Closer to seven hours is actually very reasonable. You do have to have this, like, period of exhaustion in the evenings, you say. So maybe suggest maybe you're not quite getting enough sleep. And I would suggest probably that like the, sleeping an hour earlier is just going to be way better for your life. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. And yeah. I, I do try and do that, yeah. Okay. But no, sure. I bro broadly, I buy the idea that like waking up a little bit early for the sake of being able to do other things that you like in the morning. Yeah. <clears throat> probably on the margin is slightly better. But of course, being able to sleep early, like sleeping early is just, is the ultimate hack. Yeah. Because if you can sleep early, get your eight hours of sleep and wake up and then also do your stuff. Yeah. It's just high performance drug. Hmm. So yeah, I'd encourage listeners to stay to stay woke about the sleep psyop. Nice, <laughs> and not buy into the narrative too much. Obviously, you do need some, you do need sleep, but like, dude, there's also there's also accounts on Twitter from people about how they were bought into the psyop, and then at some point they just switched to just sleeping seven or six hours, and they've been absolutely fine, <laughs> and they've just like, like this is the equivalent of oh, I've been smoking for ten years and I haven't got cancer yet. <clears throat> Like a lot of the issues with kind of chronic sleep debt are 
come come about like years afterwards. It's not like a immediately I feel better type thing. You can medicate yourself with coffee and with selegiline and whatever else you want to, you know. And it's not. It's also not a case of I feel fine. Like similarly with hydration, it's like you probably don't drink enough water. Most people listening to this probably don't drink enough water. If you look at your wee wee when you go for a wee wee, it should be basically colorless. Yeah. Uh, if it's not, that means you're somewhat dehydrated. And on the various studies that they've done about this, you cannot know that you're dehydrated. But if you look at your performance on like mental tests and stuff, you see a noticeable decrease based on right, hydration fine, status. Fine, fine. Someone will be like, you know what? It's such a psyop. It's two <laughs> liters of water a day. Like, <laughs> when have I ever gotten two liters of water a day? I feel totally fine. It's like, how did how did the government just convince us that we need to have like like it's it's because they put iodine in the water that's why or whatever because they do put yeah. iodine in the water yeah. <laughs> but actually two liters of water a day is like actually really helpful <laughs> all right okay fine it might not be that much of a psyop but i think it's a bit of a psyop. cool so psyops and idioms idioms yes although although should we call it to, like it's nine o'clock now it you, you were doing your poo for like a, a long time i was yeah it was I, I wonder if partly what we do is that we actually cap the podcasts if for example we said that the podcast is eight till nine and if we start late we just we still finish at nine mm. because what we don't what we don't want is for it to like i think in terms of like the staying consistent over the long term mm. having it run over and then like yeah mess up the rest, mess of, the up day, the rest yeah. of the day is probably yeah. not ideal okay fine so we can talk about idioms next time I'll, yeah i'll do some that that's kind of a wider theory that's been brewing nice um so i'll, I'll do some more <laughs> got so many on, on slack cool. all right well we'll uh we'll be recording another one in a week's time yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. I actually think people would prefer it if we just did more frequent episodes, but that was just short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. Oh, SBF just tr tweeted truth and beauty. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I gave that a like. <laughs> nice. Love it. And we will be continuing to... <laughs> you see the picture with Elon? Yeah, with Rahul Ligma and yeah. Daniel Johnson. Yeah. Welcome, welcome back, Ligma and Johnson. Um, anyway. All right, we'll wrap things up. We'll Thanks everyone for up. listening. And we'll talk about idioms next time. Cool. See you later that's it for this week thank you for listening if you like this episode please leave us a review on apple podcasts or on the apple Podcasts website if you're not using an iphone there's a link in the show notes if you've got any thoughts on this episode or any ideas for new podcast topics we'd love to get an audio message from you with your conundrum question or just anything that we could discuss yeah if you're up for having your voice played on the podcast and your question being the springboard for our discussion email us an audio file mp3 or voice note to hi at notoverthinking.com. if you've got thoughts but you'd rather not have your voice played publicly that's fine as well tweet or DM us at N Overthinking on Twitter, please. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.